This episode was recorded during the 2023 WGA and SAG-AFTRA strikes. Without the labor of writers and actors, this film wouldn't exist. We stand in solidarity with those striking. Welcome to Hard Ticket to Sedaris. I am Teresa. I'm Cody. I'm Steven. And we're here once again on episode six to bring to you the gospel of Andy Sedaris in our non-denominational way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, On today's episode, we are discussing the third entry in the Lethal Lady series, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Picasso Trigger. The Return of the Jedi of the series. (laughs) Is it the Return of the Jedi? Or the Revenge of the Sith, however you want to look at it. (laughs) There's so many more, though, afterwards. Of course, Cody's got to get in a Star Wars reference. Yeah. The... Uh, this is not going to be the only time he gets a Star Wars reference it's in today. Been every... Oh, trust me. It's been every episode. We're... There's going to be a Star Wars discussion later on. Oh, oh I know. <laughs> yeah. so how do you know? Jerry, look this up. Uh, No. No, just... It's <sighs> really? Fine. He's just going to steal my thunder? No. There's no I... thunder been stolen? Nobody's talked about it yet? Mm-hmm. We don't even... Nobody Nobody has any reference to what you're talking about, what Good. We're talking about right now. Good. Because, because like... Finding out, like, I went down a rabbit hole with one particular actor, and it left me with feelings of inadequacy and self-hatred, and I want to get through those. More than wow. normal? Yes. Oh, okay. That seems, so. seems raw. Yeah. yeah. Very raw. Picasso Trigger came out in 1988. On February 25th. February 25th. So this is me- less than a year after Hard Ticket. Hard Ticket came out March 28th of 1987, I'm pretty sure. It was in March of 1987. So this is mere a mere 11 months, and he already was able to get back to this gold. Oh, yeah. He, he just had these stories. He just had to, had to bang them out. Yeah. Yep. Had, had to get them out. Yep. Uh, so Picasso Trigger, starring Steve Bond, a newcomer to the series, and the old stalwarts Donna Spear, Hope Marie Carlton, and Harold Diamond. Uh, produced by Arlene Sedaris and written and directed by our old friend Andy. Nice. Uh, uh, the tagline, <laughs> killing is an art form. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep, the professor says that. He also says something else later on I want to get to, but we'll, we'll, we'll get that when he shows up. Okay. Uh, it's unrated on Rotten Tomatoes. Do you guys want to guess the audience score? 42%. Steve? 30%. Steve wins 34%. Wow. So I think I've won every time. Well, good for you. <laughs> yeah. Has a runtime of 98 minutes. Long long one for uh, yeah. for Mr. Sedaris yeah. there. So, uh, getting into the film, uh, the opening credits are over a painting, a close-up of a painting, later revealed to be of the Picasso Triggerfish. Did uh, you look up anything about the Picasso Triggerfish? No. Me neither. <laughs> this is not a nature well, show. They, they talk about it in the movie, like why, it, like why they chose that fish. And I just didn't know if it was real. Yeah, I don't know if it is, real, well, yeah. But... The during the uh, credits, they put in scenes from the movie, and then at the very end, they show a scene because Jade works at an aquarium, mm-hmm. and they show the actual Picasso triggerfish. Yeah. Oh, cool. So, um, but yeah, that painting it was painted by one of the PAs. Just to, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah it said uh, that they, in the credits. Yeah. I wonder who has it now. Andy Except Sedaris, for Taryn, well, not Taryn. Probably, it's <laughs> probably in the Sedaris's estate somewhere. Maybe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I thought this was with the opening credits. Like, it's a very intense score. Oh yeah, you it know, is. It, it's like 
jeez, I, <laughs> I feel about this. this yeah, is... it, I th- it really gives me feelings of James Bond. Yeah. Like, way more than some of the other ones do. Yeah. Uh, the movie starts in Paris with a montage of various monuments. Uh, Andy, he had frequent flyer miles built up from his ABC Sports, you know, <laughs> trips. So he's like, let, him and the director of photographers went to Paris and shot some stuff. Yeah, I but, could definitely tell. And he didn't get any permits. Yeah. He he just gave the police some Picasso Trigger t-shirts. <laughs> I want one of those t-shirts. I wondered, I did wonder, because there's a scene where some of the baddies uh, are riding around in the grass, and I was like, I wonder if they were allowed to do well, that. Well, that that wasn't Paris. Like, literally, oh. literally, just, like, the shots of, like, the monuments, that was that was the only stuff from Paris. So the museum was not Paris. No, no, that okay. was in Shreveport. That was a bank in Shreveport. <laughs> so they just made Amazing. a fake sign outside. Yep, that's that's hilarious. Yep. Movie magic. But I, I, for what, whatever reason, when he said that, the commentary, I'm just thinking of the scene from, like, Blazing Saddles where, like, uh, Mel Brooks is handing out, like, the like the ball and paddle things. Like, here, give these to the boys in lieu of pay. Here, give, the, give these to the boys. Like, like Andy just passed out t-shirts. Here, in lieu of a permit. Here, here's this. I don't hey, have a permit. Can I interest you in hey. a t-shirt? Yeah. They went with we. And he was like, listen, uh-huh. I'm, I'm an American film director. Yeah, I'm a hotshot director. And they were like, okay, yeah. all right, that's fair. Uh, so a package is delivered to a man, uh, later revealed to be Salazar, codename Picasso Trigger. Best codename. Yeah. Uh, played by John Aprea uh, at his mansion. Uh, the exterior was a mansion in Shreveport, but the inside, like we see a little bit of the inside in like his bedroom, that's at a furniture store <laughs> in Shreveport. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Uh, he has an L-shaped scar on his chest from a recent pacemaker surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, the package contains a video message from Miguel Ortiz, played by our old friend Rodrigo Obregón. Yes. Who is uh, swearing vengeance against those that killed his brother. Yep. Who is <laughs> who he played in the last movie. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to say. It's like, is his brother Seth Romero from yes. Hard Ticket? Yes, yes. I'm like, absolutely. I don't think they say it, but like, I'm fine with that. I'm mm-hmm. fine with that headcanon. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, nope, he, he's playing his own brother. Uh, so Salazar leaves, uh, followed shortly by his butler on a motorcycle, like, sidecar. Yeah, with a with driver. A giant iron cross. <laughs> yeah, I don't, um, Andy said nothing about that necklace in the commentary, so what? we're just left to, like, just, it's a mystery. I wonder yeah. if that if that was just belonged to the actor, and he's like, no, I just wear this all the he time. He looked like a weird, like, priest or something. Know. I was like, this guy's weird. <laughs> uh, so Salazar, he arrives in an art museum, which, as I mentioned, was a bank in Shreveport. And if you notice, like, there's, like, flags hanging up. Mm-hmm. Those were in the actual bank. Andy had to, like, shoot it in a way to uh, conceal. Because, again, Shreveport, Louisiana, mm-hmm. there was a Confederate flag hanging. Ooh. So he had to shoot it, to, like, to avoid shooting that because it's supposed to be in Paris. Yeah. Right. And also it's like, okay, good on you for not, because that wouldn't have been, like, that, that would have been good. Yeah. <laughs> that would have so, been pretty awful. Yeah. Yes. Especially uh, now. Yeah. Would not have aged well. also how he has a predominant black actor in this film. Yes. Yeah. Prominent (laughs) black actor. Prominent. What did I say? Predominant. Uh, (laughs) It's okay. I mean, he... he, Got the word. He's predominant. He's dominant in every scene he's in. Yeah, that's what I mean. (laughs) Yep. He dominates every scene. That's what I meant. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, But Salazar makes some remarks and donates the Picasso Trigger painting uh, to the museum. Yeah, because there's three different things in this movie called Picasso Trigger. There's the guy, the painting, and the fish. Yep. Yep, mm-hmm. and it's <sighs> worth like, to you. like it, this is what we're, this yep. is what the movie is, and the title yep. too. Uh, um, it's it's worth three million dollars. Don't forget. Yep. Uh, afterwards, he engages in conversation with Pantera, 
portrayed by uh, another Sedaris stalwart in her first appearance, uh, Roberta Vasquez. She was supposed to be in Hard Ticket to Hawaii, um, but she was pregnant at the time. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Andy didn't say what role, but I'm, I, I was thought about I'm like, she was probably meant to be Taryn. Yeah, probably. Yeah, so. Uh, that would make sense. But, you know, he found her another role in the next movie, so. Yeah, and then she comes back multiple yep. times. Uh, Salazar leaves uh, the, uh, the the uh, bank museum place. <laughs> it's a museum. Museum. It's a museum. It's an art museum. There uh, was fancy people in that museum. <laughs> but he's, but he's, uh, <laughs> I had a typo in my notes. I, I put, but it's short by his butler instead of, <laughs> uh, but, but shot by his butler. He's shot. And boom. Uh, the butler then flees. And that was Andy's actual gun, apparently. They just loaded blanks in it. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. Yeah, it was, it was kind of confusing because he's he comes up and he's riding on a motorcycle in the sidecar of this motorcycle. You never see the, 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 the driver driving, but he's like in this little sidecar and he's like putting I, around <laughs> and then he just pulls out this gun. And... I kind of like, I, I think the person in the driving it was probably the same person on the hovercraft yeah. later. That's yeah. what I think. Too. Yeah. yeah, that's so what I thought. They had the helmet helmeted on. person. Yes. Yeah. It's the, it's the Stig. Yes. No, there we go. Yeah. Um. Cut to Dallas, Dallas, Texas. We're we're flip flopping all over the world oh, oh, in this yeah. one. This is a this is a jet setting movie. Yeah, uh, where a man, LG Abilene, uh, played by Guich Cook, uh, who also played Cowboy in Seven. I I got something about that later on. Okay, because I want to put something to you guys. See if you agree with me. Uh, makes a phone call to his nephew Travis Abilene, portrayed by Steve Bond, uh, who is in Hawaii on the Malibu. On a Malibu <laughs> Express <not> boat, <laughs> because uh, it appears to have shrunk a yeah. little bit, so yeah, just a wee bit. We were talking about that. They should have called it Malibu Express Two. Yeah. I know, yeah, or this is yeah. definitely not Malibu Express. Yeah, it's, it's not. not it's not the like the yacht from the right. first yeah. two. It's, it's a, a speedboat. <laughs> yeah, it's like mm. yeah, maybe they yeah. couldn't get that one. It yeah, wasn't it available rent it or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they discussed the death of Salazar, who was apparently a crime boss. Big crime uh, boss. Yep. Lots of lots of cocaine. And then they cut to Las Vegas and the Greenhorn Club, where a Western shot, uh, style show with two ladies is in oh, progress. Kim yeah. and Patty Cakes. Yep, Kim and Patty Cakes. Uh, Patty Cakes was in the previous film, mm-hmm. uh, where she was a uh, she was in that weird scene where it's like with the uh, yeah Michael Michael Michelle yeah yep. it's like you gotta be b- f- oh yeah or, I'm gonna yeah. talk about that later yeah um, the establishing shot of Vegas. Basically, Andy just took one of those like helicopter tour ride things and just shot the and just with the camera Man, just out he, the window. He is. And he's like, it basically is like, why get a permit? We can just go do that. Yeah, we can just gorilla shoot everything. Yeah, <laughs> and if you notice, like they zoom in on the Sands Hotel, uh-huh. the marquee is Kim and Patty Cakes. The Sands Hotel let him use the marquee for a day. Oh, yeah. I'm like, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. That's so. Cool. I bet you it wasn't a day. I bet they were like, you better put that up and get it down in like 15 minutes. That's all uh, you yeah, got. Possibly. Um, a shady businessman uh, is, in, is trying to influence a young woman to work for him while two nearby agents discuss human trafficking. Now, we're going to go on a little quest here for a moment because one of those guys, is a man by the name of Ab Dixon, mm-hmm. he's the kind of like balding, heavy set one with the glasses. Mm-hmm. This guy. He was a famous magician, mm-hmm. 
and for a time he led the International Brotherhood of, magici- of, mag- of Magicians. So I'm thinking he's uh, the guy who got Joe Bluth expelled for revealing the... <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, in Arrested Development. He developed a close friendship with Orson Welles during the last decade of his life, uh, during Orson Welles' life. Because okay. Orson Welles, like, he had this lifelong love of magic, mm-hmm. and he was going to make a movie called, Ma- called uh, The Magic Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Ab Dixon was going to be in it, uh, but Orson Welles, like, he died in 1985. He had numerous unfinished projects, and that was one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found this great interview from 2004 on the uh, Senses of Cinema website. Um, I'll we'll put a link to it in the show notes or something, but it's a great interview. And he tells, like, all these weird stories about him and Orson Welles. Because I, <laughs> I, I, I like Orson Welles. I love his body of work, but... Um, just the the weirdest ones to me, like when Ab Dixon like uh, was when he wasn't like touring or had any shows or anything, he'd just go hang out with Orson Welles and like you as you do, <laughs> yeah. And he'd drive him around in his convertible because like apparently like his Orson Welles, especially last decade was like very fat man. Mm-hmm. He had trouble getting in and out of like a limousine, so he'd drive around in a convertible. Mm. Oh. And there was he, he told this. He's tall, but he's also like fat. Okay. So he's big guy. So rather than ducking into a car, it was easier for him to just, just kind of like just right. That's what I mean. I thought yeah. maybe he was like tall too, so like you're just easier yeah. all around. Yeah, just get in and out of something that doesn't have a top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he would tell the story where he would drive up. They had a favorite pastry shop, like and, you do, and, and like basically Orson Welles would just sit in the passenger side of the convertible. Ab Dixon would go in and basically point at the different pastries and Orson Welles would like either nod his head or shake his head. And if he not, if he shook his head, yes, he would thumb like two, three, like throw his fingers up, like how many to get. And wow. then they would just eat pastries. That's not how that you get your great. pastries. Do what? That's not how you get your pastries. <laughs> he wishes no it was. He yeah, I, I, it I was. wish it was. Uh, there was another story we told where, um, Abdus, he could kind of like do impressions a little bit. Or, like, do, like, funny accents. So, like, what... If, like, somebody... Because, of course, Orson Welles, famous, legendary filmmaker, people would pitch him scripts all the time that he really just didn't... He didn't want to do, but he didn't want to, like, be mean. And he'd always... Like, he'd have lunch at the same restaurant, like, every day. Uh, and so these people would, you know, come and pitch him a script. Yeah. And he would have Dixon, like, call... And be like, Orson, you, you, you got to have a meeting. You got a, you got a meeting here in a little bit. You got to go or whatever. He bailed him out. Oh, the belly mouth. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, like so, uh, I got to go home and wash so like, my hair. <laughs> or he, or at Dixon would come in and be like, uh, Orson, you got a phone call oh. here in the back. Oh, he's like, oh, I'm so, oh, I'm so sorry. I got to take yeah. this call. Yeah. And Orson Welles would duck out through the kitchen and just get the car to go. <laughs> That's hilarious. And then Stiff. Like, is he coming back? And so, and so <laughs> Stiff, the guy pitching the script with the bill. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, that's oh, a it's, little messed up. No, that's no, it's fine. That's rough. But um, something else that they mentioned during the... I also got a lot of this from his obituary because he died in 2016. He was also the voice and the laugh of the Pillsbury Doughboy. No way. No, yep. Woohoo! But the thing that ground my gears most, huh? there was this... The most tantalizing line in his obituary. Quote... Dixon would later specialize in trade shows, but he also created special effects for several Star Wars films and the original Superman franchise, end quote. Yeah. Now, I'm going to go off on a little tangent here. 
Oh boy. Because if you know me, nobody in, nobody no, knows. Just me. just <laughs> pipe down. All right. I got to get this off my chest. Oh boy. Cuz if you know me, you know my undying love and passion for Star Wars films. And more than likely, if you do personally know me, I know more than about Star Wars than anybody else you know. I probably know more about Star Wars than 99% of the population of the United States. Ergo, the world. I beat him in trivial pursuit. <laughs> because I gave you a handicap, now shut up. This is let me, let me speak for my soapbox. You be quiet now. I had never heard of this man before. When I read this, I stopped immediately what I was doing. I went back through and I watched the end credits to all three original films. His name is not a, in any of them. And it is going to drive me insane until I know what this man did for Star Wars. <laughs> well, he probably just helped with something. Like, I want to know what he helped with. So, I, I, those crews are so big. Like, I, I don't care. I want to know. I need to know. Okay? <laughs> I need... To know. I'm sure you'll find out. But what if I never do? Like, look, <laughs> listeners, this is a personal appeal. If you know, if you have an inkling, if you think you know somebody who might know, please, please let me know what this man, Ab Dixon, did for the Star Wars movies. I don't care if it was something where somebody just called him up, asked him one question, and that was it. I need to know. Okay, I have a reputation to uphold. <laughs> okay, as my two co-hosts can attest. I think, I, I think this rant can attest. I, I, <laughs> I know nearly everything. Oh, apparently nearly everything. Not everything anymore about Star Wars. How many, like, how many free meals have we gotten from Star Wars <laughs> trivia because I won it for us? At least three. Like, they're literally... Not none. I haven't found any Star Wars trivia in the Dayton area since the pandemic. I think I cleared the field. Yeah, he cleared the field. Because I won all of them. Because I know Star Wars. He's literally jiggling right now. He's so angry. I, 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 feel, I, I feel like I'm sweating. I'm turning red. Like, this, this is... Like, like, I said, like I said, this, this, is, this has left me with feelings of inadequacy, of, of, of self-loathing that I don't know. I need to know. Oh, boy. Okay. So, listeners, please... Find out for me. Even if you like, if you have to break into the Lucasfilm archives, do it. <laughs> do it. Why don't you just do it? It's all the way across the country. Yeah, yeah. You don't want. I guess you don't want to know that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get. I'll get over there eventually. <laughs> all right. That my 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 rant is over about Ab Dixon. You know what? I I would be willing to have a seance so we can contact Ab Dixon and I can ask him. What did, he, what did he do for Star Wars? Can we do that? Well, Can we have a seance? Sure. But I do want to say about Ab Dixon that he, uh, potentially apocryphal, but he owned, well, he did definitely own this. It's just not certain whether or not it was actually a, a Houdini artifact. He owned the water torture chamber, the legendary water torture chamber from the Houdini Act, but it may potentially not be real. Yeah. According to him, he went to he was going through this old this studio's like files because they were going through digital transfer and he there's all these papers and he was trying to organize them and get them in order for them as a volunteer. So, he found this claim ticket in England 
And so he flew to England with this claim ticket and they were like, oh, you came to pick these up? And he was like, no, I really just wanted to know what they were. And they were like, well, we're, we're closing down this warehouse. So there's this whole like law in England that if they're closing it down and nobody else has come to claim it, if you have the ticket, then you just get it. Oh, wow. So he <laughs> oh, could only leave with three crates because that's all he had the bandwidth to take. And in one of the crates was the water torture chamber. No way. And he just that's got to lucky. keep it. Wow, and he was a magician. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, oh, that's yeah. a coincidence. But they don't know. Like there, there's speculation as to whether or not it was real, a real water torture I chamber. Mean, it could have been, or it could have been moved, in, like used in like a, a movie as prop. You know, yeah. like yeah. about his life or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, so that's our, that was our journey into the life of Ab Dixon. Yeah, Cody's interesting out of, guy. Cody's out of breath now. I am. I just. Ugh. All right, calm down. Anyway, okay. back back to Picasso Trigger. Yeah, the movie. Yeah, he's one of the uh, who we learn later agents. Uh, another the guy that looks like a linebacker. He looks like Clay Matthews. <laughs> um, he's a pretty boy for sure. Yeah, uh, they're discussing like you know is this like human trafficking? You know, talk about the shady businessman because he's definitely a little too old for this girl. Uh, and his goon with it's with him, uh, Rustin Brandman from the previous film, who we. <laughs> yeah. Decry the acting talents of. Yes. He's a little better in this movie. Is he? Uh, a little bit. Okay. I mean, it's a low bar, but it's a little bit. <laughs> it's uh, a facial hair. It helped his face move. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, he puts a homing device into like, one of these like, flake, uh, flake, fake flowers as he leaves uh, with instructions to the greeter, I guess, to give it to the agents when they leave. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and they do so. And they're followed by... Uh, is that what you heard from that? Because we couldn't hear over the sound of coins hitting the slot machine. Yeah, right. It's like exactly. if somebody hit it right right as that guy's trying to deliver his yeah. lines. Like, it's like, ting, 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 Yeah, do that for me, please. Honestly, I kinda, <laughs> like, okay. I kind of had to defer from the actions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He uh, had the flower and was like waving around. Yeah, uh, but uh, the bad actor goon, he, he takes off in a helicopter after them, after the agents. Yeah. And the agents are listening to the radio in the car. And if you recognize that voice, that is Jim Lampley, who did HBO, uh, did boxing on HBO for like thirty years. Oh. He was the play by he was the play by play guy. Wow, that's, a, that's yeah. funny. Okay. Well, he was another ABC Sports guy, to Andy. Now, so, <laughs> man, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, just came in and did those lines for him. The goon sh- uh, shoots the car with a bazooka or a rocket or something and blows up killing I, the agents. I, I believe the the blonde haired guy is like, it's he's got a bazooka in there. Yeah, man, try to try to like weave or something. <laughs> <laughs> but they just drives off the road and sits <laughs> he there. Just, yeah, he just like sits there. They're like trying to shoot it. Yeah, and they blow him up. Yeah. Going back to Ab Dixon really quick. Uh, you didn't mention this, but I'm sure you saw it. Uh, did you see that his mom was a personal secretary to President Roosevelt and Truman? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. Because I, it's like once I found the Star Wars thing, I just, <laughs> I just couldn't. I had to. His, yeah, his mom was personal secretary to presidents, both presidents Truman and Roosevelt. God damn. I, I, and all, his right. Dad, we, all right, all right, we're getting a seance together. We're gonna, we're gonna talk to this his man. His dad owned a funeral home, so we're gonna. We have to go to the funeral home and then have the seance there. That's fine, listeners. Okay. If you want to pitch in, just we just, need the money to get there. Yes, <laughs> to Atlanta. And we need to get like a like, and not one of these cheap mediums. Let's get a, let's get a primo medium who can do the seance for Perhaps us. Perhaps we could get in touch with uh, David Copperfield, to whom he had a personal relationship. Is David Copperfield still alive? I don't know. I don't, I don't really care. So. Well, Derry Cop, <laughs> Derry Copperfield, <laughs> Derry is that the cow? Yes, <laughs> David David Copperfield, Harry Blackstone, Lance Burton, and Penn and Teller. I've seen Lance. Have... I've seen Lance Burton in Vegas. Great for yeah. you. 
Um, it is for me. Yeah, that I had fun. They all had personal relationships with Ab Dixon, so maybe we could get the the. Wasn't the... he like the the chairman of the? Yeah, board he's the head of the yeah. magician. Alliance yeah, so whatever, we'll so. just contact any of them. Yeah, maybe I, they no, know. I, I need a seance. Let's do a seance. <laughs> all right. Anyway, enough of Ab Dixon. All right, he's dead now in the movie. So <laughs> yes, so done. We're done with him. Yeah. Okay. Cut to Hawaii and Edie's restaurant mm-hmm. from the previous film. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miguel Ortiz, who we mentioned earlier, he's there. Uh, but he shortly leaves and has his aide, I don't know, the guy in the red and uh, white shirt or whatever. His goon. Yeah, arrange for two people who we learn later are agents to receive lays from the waitress, which, if you remember correctly, mm-hmm. it's just like in Seven. Yep. There's a- and, and also, Ortiz kisses Edie's hand in exactly the same way that Romero did in the previous film. That's the very first thing that he does in Hard to Get to Edie as well, is he kisses her hand. I mean, it makes sense. It's the same actor. So yeah, he probably kisses the same way. Yeah. Well, they're brothers. That's true. Yeah. There you go. They do the same Twin thing. Brothers. <laughs> Twin brothers. Identical twins. Yeah. yeah. With different last names. Yes. Um, That's okay. Uh, when the agents leave, they are killed by two different goons who are working for RTs, uh, one of whom is someone who will feature prominently in several films going forward, Bruce Pinhall. Yes. Uh, comes yep. a, one of the many Sedaris players here. He, uh, oh, his name's Hondo in this movie. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Uh, and one of them, I don't remember which one says, he says, give them a lay, blow them away. Yeah. Well, that was the other thing I was going to say when they kill the guys in the car. Oh, the flowers, yeah, yeah. Uh, the ones with the flowers are now scouts. Are, are dead scattered. this hour? No. Are yeah. scattered the this hour? The ones with the flower have been scattered this exactly. hour. Yeah, yeah it's like that one's not as, it's not as dumb. That one's, so that one's he, hilarious. The, the other guy gets that on a beeper. Yeah. Which that, which I, yeah, I will say this. This might be the most use of a pager, of like pagers <laughs> I've seen in a film ever. And it must have just been like new technology. Yeah, it's like a message pager yeah. too. And then so he gets it. Uh, the, the ones with the flower have been scattered this hour. He's like, yeah, they nailed them. <laughs> and then and then they come up with yeah. their own little, which is rhyme. not as incognito yeah. as the other one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the other two goons who are with Ortiz, the one in te- the teal shirt is was Donna Spears' husband at the time. Oh. Yeah. Cut to Maui, where Taryn and Donna are on a boat. And Donna takes a shower. Yes, they do. Oh, hey. Boobs. Tit Tracker. It's so long. 17 minutes and 53 seconds. That is the longest we it's taken to see a p- naked pair of breasts in this in any Dang. of these movies so far. Wow. Yeah, we were talking about that when we were watching. We are like, man, it's been, that was a long time before we saw any boobies in this yeah. one. Yeah, it's 17 minutes and 53 seconds. Dang. Yep. And then you see, like, a bunch. Yeah, a bunch, <laughs> yes. They swim to shore. I don't remember why they swam to shore. They were, because getting they were on the boat, and they, they were trying to be incognito. Okay. And they were getting samples. Yeah. Okay. No idea samples of what. They never discuss it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Just samples. And then the two goons. <laughs> getting Costco the samples. The two goons who killed the agents from earlier at Edie's. Uh, they launch a, an RC plane. Yes. Which, for some reason, is decked out like a Japanese Zero. Well, there's not, and, there's not some reason. And the guy puts on like the rising sun headband, or there's it's not like some reason why it looks like that. How does it blow up the boat? It runs into it. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, kamikaze, it's a kamikaze thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's like. Oh, also, geez. you have to kind of, if you think ahead a little bit in terms of the franchise, it makes sense. Who ends yeah. up like ultimately being? Yeah, yeah. There, there there's some. Uh, 
I don't know. I think it was just well, goofy, well, and they probably just tied it no, in yeah, like well, that. Yeah, because yeah. the, the one guy is—I don't know if he's Japanese, but he's definitely Asian. Yeah. The, the one of the the henchman guys—I forget his name. But anyway, the boat explodes, and they think they killed Taryn and Donna, but no, they they didn't. They did not. Uh, they did cut, not. Cut to Texas, where L.G. Abilene is riding a horse at his home. Like two, you do in Texas. As you do. Uh, two other goons try to kill him, but blow up a farmhand instead. Poor guy. He's just trying to get him sandwiches. Okay, they say it later in the movie. <laughs> Poor guy was just trying to get him some sandwiches and coffee. <laughs> uh, LG tells Travis to come to Dallas and meet up with Pantera, who is apparently a mole in Salazar's operation. No. Yeah. And Devil Travis person. meets somebody at the airport and heads for Texas, the professor. Uh-huh. Which, this is, opens up another can of worms for me. Is this a second this, worm can? Is this, a lot this, of worm is, cans. Is this he? Is he supposed to be the same character from Seven? Yeah, I think so. Okay, well that that okay. Well then, I can rationalize. Ignore, ignore hard ticket because he's not the professor in Hard Ticket. I know, I know, I know. All right, I'm because well, I'm trying to rationalize this a little bit. So because Seven's about like like ten years, eight, eight nine, ten years before this mm-hmm, film. Mm-hmm. Is LG Cowboy? Yes. Yeah, that's that's what we established in our head. Yeah, yeah, because it's like it's been long enough. We never learned Cowboy's real name, right? And you know, we he has this. Ga- it's like you know, maybe after his job for Savano, the agency is like, hey, maybe you come work for us full time. We like what you did in in, in Hawaii during yeah. this whole thing. So, and, and then and then like later on, he's like established enough. He brings in all of his nephews. Yeah, and the professor is serves the same role in this one where he's got all the cool gadgets yeah he's the q of the movie yeah, yeah. exactly so yes Again, we very james bondy this one's very james bondy to me yeah and lg wears the same hat that he does yep. in seven so we were like yeah we probably, we think that yeah. he, we think that it's the same character which also going back to hard ticket means that not only was the malibu express poster like okay so this movie actually exists in this universe and was a tale of these agents so is seven yeah yeah <laughs> so, yeah so it's like, she because she did just get a seven poster too, in the remember she got the German one. She already yeah, had yeah. the That's what I'm American saying. one. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, wow. Does this agency just? Is maybe this is how the agency is funded? They like take the actual stories, they just change the names to protect the innocent, <laughs> and release these movies and make the money, and that's how they get their money. Like maybe, maybe. Although we do learn what the agency, like which actual agency, it is much later. Well, we'll yeah, get we'll, to that. we'll we'll get to that because that that's another whole soapbox for me. But, um. <laughs> So yeah, so it's like, so yeah, you could kind of bring Seven into this a little bit. It's like, it's like, uh, Fabu Express is the first movie. Seven is like the zeroth movie. Zero <laughs> episode zero. Yeah, yeah. Zeroth. I like zeroth better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I get a shirt of that zeroth. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Asimov uses it in his robot book, so it's fine. Okay, uh, it's fine. Uh, Donna and Tara in the hitchhike. And get a ride to the sugarcane train. Question: Have you ever uh, gotten in the back of a pickup truck and as it's going, just stand up as it's going? <laughs> I have when I was a kid. Let's <laughs> see. I feel like it I just immediately cool. fall over. It looked cool, man. They're like up there, you know, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Trucks bouncing around. Yeah, they're in their extremely yeah. neon. Yeah, <laughs> but the sugarcane train is an actual. Well, at least I don't know if it still is, but at least was a ride you take in Maui. Taryn, uh, at this train station, she's, she spots a hot dude. And she says, is that a snorkel in his pocket or is he happy to see me? Mm. It's and he snorkel. takes out a snorkel and I was like, it's a snorkel. <laughs> and then she's like, I'm having a bad day. <laughs> uh, and then a lot of cuts. 
cut to Jade, who apparently works at SeaWorld now. It's not SeaWorld, but or it's, it's sea something World like that. SeaWorld-esque. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is, like, why? What, well, what does he do? he went to Hawaii, and then he was like, I do never, never want to leave here, so he got a job there. What does he do, though? He's a guy. Marine biologist. Stuff. No, he's, he's a, he's a I don't know. <laughs> you think he so? He cleans the tanks. That's what he does. <laughs> what is what is he getting he's the samples from Darren, Donna and Taryn from for? Well, he was getting those for an actual scientist that marine biologist. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this Ken's job is marine. Yeah, <laughs> this Ken's Stop. job is dolphin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, cut to Donna and Taryn. They get on the legendary Molokai cargo plane. Cut to Pantera, who's arriving in Dallas. They're, they're, they're flying all over the place. Cut back to Ta- Donna and Taryn, who call Jade. Cut to Travis in Dallas. Yep. Where he meets Pantera at her apartment. And she's staying <laughs> her in which apartment? Which is the actual apartment is uh, belonged to Andy's niece. Wow. wow. Yep. I was like, I, I was actually commenting about how rich people always have horse statues in their house. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what, what's with all this horse shit? Uh, and you get the sense, you know, they've, they've met before and they had a quick fling. They, you know, they met in college. Yeah. And they discuss it. But most importantly, there's a cat. Samson. <laughs> yep. Samson is a cat. Apparently, according to Andy, that cat was a real bitch on set. It was real jerk, <laughs> was real jerk face, like oh, scratching no. everybody up, except for Steve Bond. <laughs> He lo- loves Steve Bond. Yeah, he loves, it's he loves like, that Adeline it's like guy. oh, a little adorable little kitty. <laughs> uh, it looked like one of the smush face ones. I forget yeah, what that Persian. Persian, yeah, the Persians are prima donna. So, uh, then we cut to a place that uh, we will have many instances of or return to many times. Uh, Cowboys, Ca- Cowboys Club and Restaurant. Woo! Maybe LG owns this. Yeah, they he, say he named it after his nickname. They say mm-hmm. it's in Dallas. It's actually the restaurant, and I'll go into this later. The restaurant where they actually filmed it in is actually in uh, Louisiana, Shreveport. No, it's in a suburb of oh. Shreveport. It's in Bozier, mm. Bozier City. It's called Old Country now, right? Big Country. Big Country, sorry, mm. Big Country now. That's what it's called. But it's not so, it's same not so called Cowboys. Oh, no. but it's the same. It's the same place. It, it looks it. exactly the same inside. They still have line dancing. They still do food. So. That's why I was saying earlier we need a Shreveport sojourn because we should definitely go there. What if they have like pictures on the wall they of might. production? They might exactly because they, they use it several times. There's them. there's probably somebody there at the bar who's been sitting there for the past thirty years. And we could be like, hey, you, you every every bar has a norm and every bar has a cliff. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, you never know. And I'm like. I had forgotten it shows up this early. I was thinking like it was mostly just like the last like three or four films. It's like no. I wonder. I wonder. We'll probably get more color commentary on that later on in the series. But I wonder if Andy knew somebody who owned it, and that's why they were able to use it so extensively. Because I think he's from Shreveport. He is from Shreveport. Yeah. So yeah. So probably had some connections. But uh, while they're there, Travis and Pantera dance. Not well. Um, <laughs> and then they sit down to discuss their situation. You know, She's the, very the sweaty. Pantera is sweaty as hell. And they get more of the backstory of them. Of them uh, yeah. Too. And it wasn't just a fling. It yeah. was like it was, a, they they were like whirlwind together. romance. Yeah, they yeah. were together for a they while. They were in love. Uh, yeah. L-O-V-E. Uh, cut back to the part where they have sex. Ooh. Uh, sex. What was that? Why did you grunt like that? <laughs> Don't, it, it, are you okay? Sex. You need some water. <laughs> He's still doing it. <laughs> Stop that. 
<laughs> uh, cut to the next day where they meet LG at Big Pines Lodge in Uncertain, Texas, which yeah. is an actual place, apparently. Oh, I'm aware. Uncertain. I wonder. They probably. It was probably one of those things they like. They wrote found uncertain. this thing in their, their this t- new town. They're like, like we gotta what do you guys the... want to name it? And they're like, I don't know. I'm uncertain. I love it. <laughs> yeah. uh, the two goons who tried to kill LG earlier are, you know, they're spying on them. But of course, you know, these are agents. They spot them immediately and mm-hmm. uh, make their escape. LG and Travis take off down a river on a boat, followed by the goons, while Pantera follows on a slower, like, party barge. <laughs> she just stole off the dock. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, he's tra- like, no, you stay here. And she's like, no, screw no. that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Travis, like his cousins, can't shoot. Nope. A moving Not a moving target. target. Yeah. Uh, Pantera shoots and kills one goon after constructing her sniper rifle. That took like 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, while LG dispatches the other. So it must just be the, just that generation of Abilene's can't shoot because LG could shot him. Although he missed because he meant to just shoot the gun out of their hand. But yeah. Yeah. Shoots him right in the heart. Uh, but LG, he heads off to Washington to coordinate with the agency while Travis and Pantera head to Vegas to meet with the rest of the gang. Because <laughs> their headquarters are in Vegas right now for some reason. Yeah. And that's so. just another location. In this well, place. I mean, it's it's uh, where a couple of the agents are, uh, Kim and Patty Cakes. It's in between Vegas, uh, Dallas and that's true. Yeah, good Hawaii, point. so yeah, it's yeah. fine. Um, they they all meet to plan and discuss the situation, and those are the Playboy offices. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, I mean, it looks just like a regular office. Yeah, it doesn't look like anything special. Yeah, so unlike the recording off or the recording room that they, oh yeah that from Malibu used. Express yeah, yeah but the because Annie wanted to get that sliding door yeah <laughs> yeah yep uh, they hypothesize uh, that Ortiz has killed Salazar in order to take control of his criminal operations. Uh, and Ortiz plans to kill anyone involved in the killing of his brother. Uh, then they go through the list of criminals that need to be taken out and have to hit them all at once, just like in Seven. Yeah. But they don't go through each individual one and name them, and yeah. it's much more just like... This is what we're doing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this guy, this guy, and this guy. Take him out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Donna is very suspicious of Pantera. <laughs> she's jealous. Yeah, she, yeah, she's very cold, uh, and she, you know, kind of relays her concerns to Travis right before have, they have sex. Yeah, well, and, and she just takes off all of her clothes. Yeah, like, like while his back is turned, just whoop, and she says naked. she yep. says something very sensual, very provocative. She says, "Hey, Travis, check it out." <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Uh, I mean, he he was charmed. He was charmed. So I mean, I would have been too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next day in Hawaii, Taryn flies to Molokai because she wasn't in that meeting because she's not an agent still. She's still yeah, under she's, the witness protection program or whatever. She's she is. not an she agent. Say, yeah. She? <laughs> she she talks about an assignment multiple times, and it's like, is, is, she, she, is she? Is she not? I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, her beau from the f- previous film, Jimmy John. Jimmy John. Yeah. Jimmy John Jackson is playing golf with our boy Andy Sedaris as Whitey again. As Whitey again, yeah, yeah. he's returning as that too. Yep. 
There he is. Uh, I love I love his golf stance. He does like these little. Oh wiggles. yeah, he does a little wiggle. And he but, like he shoots a golf. He shoots like a putt from like ninety yards, feet, or and whatever. it goes like does like all these crazy like turns <laughs> and stuff, and he makes it. Yeah, and, and then he's, he's like th- t- he's like smoking a cigarette, and he's like watching it go. He and, turns uh, around, doesn't yeah. even watch it sink in. Yeah. Oh yeah, I love that part because and Jimmy I, John didn't get it from like four. Because I do that in bowling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I if I know it's gonna be a strike, why well, keep watching it? Uh huh. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so uh, but uh, he said he says a really funny line uh, when Jimmy John is lining up for his putt. He goes, "Chokorama, baby," <laughs> and I, I was like, "Chokorama, what?" But uh, but great. yeah, he gives Jimmy John some money to take Taryn. You know, get he, says, he says he here's a C note. Take her out somewhere nice. Yeah, uh, and then Taryn, when JJ walks over, asks him, "Want to put her around?" Mm-hmm. And he says, "Your card or mine." Come back to Vegas. Where Kim and Patty Cakes are putting on their show, uh, for the a private show for the shady businessman from earlier. A private show. Yep. Speaking of which, though, you can tell they're trying really hard, but these are these ladies are not dancers. No, yeah. no, not by <laughs> any means. This is not this is not a a show worthy of a nightly like no. audience. <laughs> no, not at all. It was it was I mean, not very good. They're hot, so there's that, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And they're showing their boobs and they're all sweaty and yeah, yeah they okay. They were showing their boobs. But the, they I mean they were, were showing them off. Scantily yeah. clad, yeah. Yeah. And all that, but And cowboy. Yeah. It was a cowboy theme. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I mean it's, I would watch it. <laughs> I mean I would too, but uh, <laughs> we cut back to Donna and Travis who are on a pl- are on the plane headed back to Hawaii from Vegas. There's so many planes. The, and there's so many cuts and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh they start to have sex, and then a cut to, I think, back to the girls in Vegas. And then the next cut is back to Donna and Travis, who just finished having sex. Yep. So I did, not, I did not include that in the sex count, because we didn't actually see it. Oh. Um, There's a lot of that, though. There's a there, there is. cuts of, like, oh, they're about to have sex, but they cut. Yeah, I don't include this. Because, like, no, we don't see the actual boning. You know, or, or you know, the the you know afterglow. Uh, Travis has a realization because trust me, that is when your brain is working at its most efficient. Is right <laughs> afterwards. Yeah, because um, there's less blood in it. Yeah, it, it, and he he comes this realization about Salazar, just like in Seven, something about the wristwatch. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, it's, it's when the the, it's arm. when they're on the plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's why I said they're they're that's Donna. Se- it's because Donna lights a cigarette with her watch because she has a, a watch lighter. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> and yeah. he grabs her wrist yeah. and she's like, yeah, she's "What like, the hell?" Because this is what me? this is when you could still smoke on planes. There's a lot of well, smoking private, in this. Yeah, one. it's also like a private plane too. Yeah, and I mean, I don't think you're allowed to smoke on private planes either. But anyways, there's a lot of smoking in this movie, which is strange because there's not really any in the rest of the films. Yeah, so yeah. It, it was kind of odd but anyways well, kind of needed to because of the the lighter the watch yeah. lighter had to be a part of the plot <laughs> yeah so. and then he starts shuffling back through the, the watch pictures. lighter kind of blew me away when i saw that i was like because it, it looks just like a digital watch it looks like a casio yeah and then yeah. she's just like and it like light i was like what <laughs> that's a lighter yeah that was good i liked it but yeah uh, he realizes that salazar's wristwatch is on his on the wrong wrist, Ooh. on the picture of his uh, the dead guy corpse. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, there's a switcheroo. Yep. Uh, cut to the professor and his girlfriend, wife, woman. Oh yeah, the the, the <laughs> Swedish lady. Yeah, that um, he loves the house that shot. Remember the last movie? They used Glenn Larson's yacht. Uh-huh. This is Glenn Larson's house. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, so thanks, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for this and Bowser Galactica and Night Rider. Uh, Travis and Donna they show up. 
and the professor gives them some gadgets and RC car. Oh. Uh, and my and favorite. It, my favorite. The boomerang. The exploding boomerang. Yep. Why is it a boomerang? Why not? Why not? Yeah. <laughs> so he's, Doesn't really make sense. Yeah, it shows them, but uh, and then we have we have this weird like why is this in this? We cut to Edie who's working out with Jade. And that's it. That's the whole scene. Well, they make out. Yeah, they do make out a little bit, but a she's little like bit. bashful about it. I know, but like, and then, but then we cut back to the professor, and it's like, why have that scene with them? Why not? Because she takes her. It top was establishing. Off. I think that's the first time she takes her top off in this movie, so I think that's yeah. why they had that. Yeah, but just to have her. They, off. Need, they <laughs> needed some Cynthia Brimhall boobies. Uh, <laughs> cut back to the professor and Travis, where the professor gives Travis a crutch gun. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, that's a great one. Yeah. Um, it's not just a gun. Well, we'll see. Yeah. And and and, and, uh, and, and this is where they drop the tagline: "Killing is an art form." He also says, "Hey, here's this. It'll give you a leg up." Yeah. <laughs> but uh, earlier when they got there, I just wanted to say this right now. Earlier when they got there, they comment on you know how nice the professor's house is, and what he says. Well. Pay the price for paradise, oh, yeah. which is the tagline oh, yeah. from the previous film. It's like yeah. Andy forgot to put in the previous one. I was like, "Well, I got to put it in this one." <laughs> yeah. Cut back to Travis and Donna, who were observing two of the goons on the beach with their chippies. Then we cut back to Edie and Jade, who are masquerading as telephone repair people. Yeah, very poorly. <laughs> yeah, like, like, Jade I would has be us, immediately like... suspicious of those two. He, <laughs> has, he like he has his shirt unbuttoned all the way down to his navel. He's yeah, like, and, yeah, and I'm like, oh, what, I'm a repair person. And also, they're and she's wearing... way too hot to be a phone repair person. <laughs> and they're wearing hard hats inside. Yeah, why would they be wearing hard hats I, I inside? No, I. Uh, yeah, this is yeah. That was, Telephone wow. repair people don't typically wear. Hard hats in general, let alone indoors. Yeah, yeah almost like up, like repairing the phone line or something. But yeah, they, they they go to their target's office, which apparently must be this must be the tenant after Mister Chang was killed because it's the same office. It looks like. <laughs> well, and, <laughs> yeah, not only is it the same office, but he yeah yeah, but uh, yeah, it's like maybe it's like this is the specific office for bad guys in Hawaii or something. <laughs> maybe it is. Uh, well, they they get a discount. They, but, they also but, say that they live there. Yeah, like, he's like, live here, so yeah. There, she's like, you'll be there tomorrow, right? And he's like, oh yeah, we live here. <laughs> yeah, like really mean. Uh, he also has two massive goons with him. Yeah, they all a lot, live in a lot same of goons room. in this building. <laughs> oh yeah, or this movie. So and if you notice, their target has the same pinky like horseshoe ring mm-hmm. as uh, Michelle. Yeah, as from the previous Michael. one. It's like, yeah, did it take that. it from his dead corpse? Maybe like, he did. Also, I'd like to recognize this actor while we're here. Dennis Alexio. He was um, an actual, like, big-time, like, kickboxer. Uh, light heavyweight, cruiser cruiserweight, heavyweight, kickboxer. Like, won tons of tons of uh, fights and stuff. But also known for being in uh, Bloodsport with uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. I, I, knew, I knew you were going to bring that. Yeah, I, I saw he was I'm thinking Steve's going to mention that. Yeah, because yep. uh, he was one of the fighters in Bloodsport. I forget that's, which one. but That's hilarious because that's literally all he and Jade do when they get into the fight is just throw kicks at one another. Yeah, yeah, they don't yeah. even punch one another. They just no, throw throws, kicks. Jade throws the punch and it throws him off. Cause oh, that's yeah. right. Oh, it's just like kick after kick. Yeah. But I just wanted <laughs> so to, many roundhouses. A brief thing about him because of... Yeah. On Wikipedia it says... Uh, he started in kickboxer. He was a kickboxer, not bloodsport. I'm sorry, kickboxer, and he had a small role in Picasso Trigger, yep. and in an episode of Super Force, and that was it. That yeah. was only his only <laughs> acting roles. Yeah, <well. laughs> 
uh, we cut to Travis and Donna, specifically on Sunday, because around Sunday, the day the all these killings are supposed to take place. Yeah. Uh, where they follow their goon targets on dirt bikes. Mm-hmm. Cut back to Vegas and Kim and Patty Cakes who are putting on the performance for their target. Then we cut back to Edie and Jade, who begin to fight their target and the goons. Uh, Jade puts out one goon's eyes with, like, a really hard, like, Mo Howard, <laughs> like, eye poke. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, his I eyes I thought are... he pulled them out. I thought he just, like, poked them. I uh, thought he, he did want to, he, like, put his two knuckles together on his two, and uh, he, like, went, like, I thought he pulled pulled them out. It doesn't matter. He yeah. destroyed his eyes. Yeah, Either his, way. his eyes are shot. Yeah. After getting, uh, what, what's that, um, what's that wrestling move called? Oh, he got the, uh, he gave him the, um, the camel clutch. The camel from, clutch. From Iron, Iron Sheik's finishing move. Mm. Yeah, where he grabs both your legs and, and it pulls back and he's like, I'll take your word okay. for it. <laughs> yeah. I just thought yeah. it was funny. Yeah, he was like, was help, good. help. And then, and then Edie gets thrown against the wall. She's like, yeah. uh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Jade, like, he punches the other one a few times to death, I guess. <laughs> yeah, because his eyes are open when he was sliding down yeah. the wall. And it was yeah. like, oh, I guess I he think punched he him, him so to death. so hard his brain exploded. But then we cut back to Kim and Patty Cakes. Uh, who shoot two of their targets, but Patty Cakes is hurt. Mm-hmm. She got shot in the eyeball. Looks and like she got shot in the face. Yeah, right that's why I thought, like, if she did, like, no, then she's, like, fine later. But the bad actor goon, who does he get a uh, fight with? The most lopsided fight ever. <laughs> Your favorite actor in these movies, Steve? Yes. I forget his name. John, John Brown. Brown. John Brown. He he was he's been in the whole the whole time. Yeah, he's kind of like the bodyguard of the two yeah. girls at the, cl- the club. He's but, supposed like, to be watching out for them. Yeah. He literally... One punch kills this man. <laughs> At first, he chokes him in the air. Yeah. And then, he, then he puts him on his back, on his back, on his knee, and then he punches him until. Yeah, he's dead. it's like he, it's like he vaders him, and then he just like just one punch. He said, "You made a mistake." Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I one punch from that man probably would kill you. Yeah. I, yeah, I, he's I a totally that's, that's the most believable part of this movie. Yeah, he's, he's a got leg arms. Man. But it's also just like. The fact that he's fighting that one is like the most scrawny. I think that he did that on purpose. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like David versus Goliath. But no, Goliath wins this one. <laughs> <laughs> I just found that really funny. Uh, then we cut back to Jade, who is entering the office. I don't know why I'm motioning with my arm. Uh, we cut to Jade entering the office to find his target, where the target kicks him. But it's like he was clearly would have been in his line of sight. Yeah. yeah it's like, it's fine. Do, do you, you didn't see him? Maybe he took the kick to show him, like, hey, I'm not afraid of you. Uh, also, I guess. but Jade does the same thing in Hard Ticket where he's backing into the room. It's like, you didn't see this yeah. guy who's literally just standing there? Right, yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, then after a short fight, <laughs> uh, Jade kills him uh, via defenestration, same way as Mr. Chang. And <laughs> exactly we, again, the same way. Again, it's almost like the exact same shot. Yeah. <laughs> Except of, the, the clothes like are the, different. Yeah, like the dummy just... <laughs> They're, yeah. they're like, this is the only building we're allowed to throw dummies off of, so everybody's just kind of... But now, the eyeless goon, I guess he's now eyeless, he's sightless, he barges in with an Uzi that he's somewhere, somehow procured. He, he busts through the wall yeah. like a freaking well, kaiju. He shoots the wall, and then he busts through it. Yeah, yeah. like a kaiju from a Godzilla movie. Uh, comes with an Uzi about to shoot Jade, but Edie kills him oh yeah and what does she what does she say the title of this episode i've got a black belt and shotgun (laughs) she says i told you i have a black belt and shotgun even though it's not a shotgun she does not have a shotgun though i know it blew like a piece of him off like yeah it doesn't look like one right the spray was a shotgun but i'm pretty sure that was not a shotgun yeah Yeah. cut to the other goons on the beach where uh, who see donna and tara and they give chase so many goons in this movie i love Uh, it Taryn kills one goon while the other one runs. 
What did she do, Steve? This this is where I was like, there was no reason for this to be a boomerang. <laughs> so she throws the boomerang, not like you throw a boomerang. No. She throws it like, like vertically yeah. instead of horizontally. And <laughs> like, like overhand. It just, you could have just been a grenade because it just falls in front of him and blows him into little pieces. <laughs> and it's like, why was it a, a boomerang? Okay, traditionally, you throw it and it comes back to you, right? Mm-hmm. That's what a boomerang is for. You kind of throw it up into the air and it like comes back in an arc. Yeah, so it makes no sense why it was a boomerang. There's no reason for it. Because <laughs> it wouldn't have made more sense if it was something that you were using that they could throw and it come back to them. Well, you already used a frisbee in the previous film. <laughs> yeah. You couldn't do that. I was going to say, there's not really anything else. What would you just like toss? Just a grenade. Just, just give them a grenade. <laughs> Be like, what here the, you go. But- Look, but the professor, he, he like, <laughs> maybe the professor just does, like, he just in his spare time, he just, like, that's just what his, that, that's how he calms himself, is making ga- exploding gadgets, and they feel bad by not taking them. <laughs> maybe. They don't want to hurt his feelings. I'm just, he could have put it on a football, he could have put it on a baseball, anything else besides a boomerang. It made no sense. <laughs> that maybe, maybe that was just, like, what they had lying around, they're like, Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's yeah. just do the boomerang. Yeah. Because <laughs> there are some actual good gadgets in this one. No, it's yeah. just oh, that's yeah, not yeah. one of them. Yeah. It, it's just, I mean, it does its job. It kills the remaining goon. <laughs> like uh, yeah. just a grenade would have. Uh, <laughs> cut to Ortiz and two more goons on the beach, observed by Taryn and Donna. Uh, Ortiz retreats into his house when he learns of the deaths in Vegas. Yeah. Uh, Taryn preps the exploding RC car and sends it in, killing one of the goons. <laughs> Which is hilarious because he sees her... And shoots at her him. multiple times. Yeah, yeah. It kills the one in like the red and white shirt, not the right. teal it doesn't shirt. Kill, no, because she shoots him too. It just it disorients. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right, disorients right. him. So there's before that though, the guy in the blue shirt comes out, shoots her, shoots at her a bunch of times, runs out of like looks at his gun, runs out of ammo, runs back inside, and Taryn has enough time <laughs> to get the car out of the case, turn it on. And guide it into the house before yeah. the guy's able to find the... When, where there's luckily a, a surfboard prop just so yep. that it shoots up into the house. Which yep. is definitely not how you store a surfboard. <laughs> well, you would not just no. clean it up yeah, like that. Wouldn't. Surfboards yeah. go straight up and down. Well, yeah. they, well, they made a mistake and it, it cost them their lives. <laughs> not at first, though. The, it just runs it yeah. into the thing and blows up, but they don't actually die the guy, until later. The guy in the red and white shirt, a little something about that. Because this scene was shot before the scene earlier at Edie's where this guy also appeared. But for whatever, according to Arlene, for whatever reason, they didn't have that shirt anymore. (laughs) So what they did, they went and bought a red shirt. I can't remember if it was a red shirt or a white shirt. And then they just painted it to where it would just look like that shirt. Man, great. It's movie magic. But they had to shoot that scene later quick because the paint was like kind of like not it was like grubbing off so like they had to film it quick so. wow they, they're great. really they're really into uh stretching con- the dollar it's called, no it's called i was gonna say they're, they're really into continuity for no reason <laughs> like, like you don't have continuity to be on some things yeah you don't like the, it's such a nitpicky thing to be like oh we got to recreate this shirt or in the last one oh we got to recreate those expensive earrings it's like you're literally using the same dude two different times to play two different characters. And then same with Pantera. She comes back later to be a good good guy. And yeah. she's a totally different character. Julie Strain does the same thing. Bruce Penhall does the same thing. So it's like and Ro- you were uh, really worried. just ab- goes back and forth. <laughs> yeah. You're really worried about that shirt, but not anything else. <laughs> it's great. She kills one goon. And then the other one, she like plays dead. Because yeah, she gets she- shot, but she's wearing a vest. Yeah. So, yeah. but. 
They're both dead. Uh, Ortiz, he escapes on a dirt bike, but Donna shoots the bike when it with an exploding harpoon, yeah. killing him. Yep. But not before he, like, she shoots it, because he's, like, he had to stop. <laughs> he shoots, she shoot, uh, Donna shoots the bike, and he, like, looks over at it, and just stares <laughs> at it, and then boom. And she, he looks back up at her, yeah. and then he explodes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think he just couldn't believe what, what it was. He's like, is that really a spear with a, with a, with a bomb Boom. attached which, to it? Which she taped that on, yeah. by the oh, way. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, I really don't think that's how that works, but okay. <laughs> uh, cut to LG in Washington, who has found out some important information. We don't know what yet. Uh, cut back to Don, uh, Don and Taryn, uh, then to Travis, who meets up with Pantera. And Travis is faking an injury. Mm. Um, He's got the crutch. Yep. Uh, LG... Uh, talk or actually like yeah he, he meets up with Pantera has this because they're because they're outside Salazar's house because Travis thought like maybe we should just check it out you know just in case yeah and as he's going away we hear some sinister music and Pantera glaring at him which like makes you know she's yeah. a bad guy yeah like right then it's like I'm like you could why you could have saved this <laughs> yeah LG's talking to Donna reveals that the attempt on him was an, an intentional miss how he found that out, I don't know. <laughs> I meant to kill the the, the farmhand. And why? Well, we figure out like why it's explained in the wrap up at the end. Uh, I think. So. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay. Uh, but like, yeah, it's like how he finds out. We'll never know. Mm-hmm. Cut to Travis, who goes into Salazar's house, and Salazar is alive. Alive. He's alive. Can you believe it? Turns out Salazar faked his death to lure out Ortiz. Then killed LG's farmhand to focus his attention on Ortiz That's right. That's and assemble a team to take him out, thereby opening Ortiz's criminal operations for takeover by Salazar. Man, beautiful. I mean, <laughs> makes yep. sense. Yeah. It's a nefarious plan. But meanwhile, as Salazar is monologuing all this, because like a Bond movie, the villain has to explain <laughs> his plan. Just reminded the scene from Austin Powers. I have a gun. We can just shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> But meanwhile, as, as Salazar talks, Travis is loading his crutch gun while also taking some important readings on his little crutch gun's computer. It's he gets not a, just a gun. That's what I said. I know. I know. We'll get to it. It also can take readings. Of radiation. Yeah. He's like, there's with, a lot of radiation a, in this room. With like, a calculator. And it yeah. also can somehow detect pacemakers. Yes. Hmm. Uh, got a laser-guided system. Yep. But as Travis you know, fires his crutch gun, a bulletproof just pain just whoop. It wasn't completely bulletproof because it shattered <laughs> well i mean it's somewhat yeah but like bullet resistant bullet yeah, resistant, yeah. it's I the same thing with this. bulletproof like, vests though bulletproof vests only last the fr- when you get shot one which, time that is from a bond one of the bond novels oh because like in the original novelization for uh mantha golden gun the beginning brought like bond was like kind of captured and brainwashed in the previous at the end of the previous book which was you only live twice at the beginning, the man with the golden gun, he goes in, he shows up like months later and is in M's office and he's brainwashed to try to kill M. But then M ha- is kind of suspicious of it, presses a button and whoop, Really? Same thing. Holy wow. crap. Yep. Also, I, I wasn't sure, but it looked like, uh, I it looked like Travis was just loading his gun in plain sight of Salazar <laughs> and Salazar is just talking and he he's wa- like, I he's think trying. He was, but like Salazar was just like, just so confident that uh, in, in his, uh, his, his bulletproof thing that yeah falls well it, it was just very weird they, like because he looks like he's trying to do it clandestinely but it's clear that yeah. salazar could see him yeah it's weird yeah but but at the same time a missile is launched from the security camera that's in there yeah that one and I he was, just dodged out of the way that yeah, one was like so the security camera had a rocket on it yeah. <laughs> okay doesn't yours 
No, I oh. kind of wish it did. No. So, and Salazar, you know, starts to make his escape. Uh, Pantera comes in and is almost shot by Travis. You know, she gets up close to him. They're that mm-hmm. kiss. But you see, she has a knife at his neck. Huh. But then all of a sudden, huh. you see a harpoon just oh. right between her boobs. Oh. It was great. It was a great effect. Yeah, and she's just like, <sighs> drops the knife. Yeah. Turns out she was shot by Donna. Turns out Pantera had joined Salazar's operation when she was a mole. She turned to the dark side. Mm. You know, I think um, Donna Spear might uh, actually have the world Guinness World Record for most people killed in movies with harpoons. <laughs> I guess you could say she speared them. What? Speared what? I don't understand. Because <laughs> her last name is Spear. Oh, wow. Jeez. <sighs> Moving on. <laughs> Not going to uh, get a single peep out of me. Sorry. Yeah, well, I know you're jealous. Uh-huh. I'm sure all the listeners are laughing. I know they are. <laughs> laughing I at can, you. I can hear them from the future. <laughs> uh, but Salazar gets away on a hovercraft, chased by Travis on a jet ski. And once again, he can't hit a moving target. So Donna shoots the hovercraft with another exploding <laughs> harpoon. She had multiple, lucky. She had multiple. Yeah, and as Travis and Donna recover on the beach, Travis realizes the hovercraft driver was a fake oh, he was wearing fake. a helmet a fake and a fake and another fake yep two fakes There's so many fakes uh we see salazar's butler loading the picasso trigger painting into a car as salazar laments pantera's death before shooting the butler for no reason yeah no, he doesn't Liability. lament he does not lament her death he says women they're expendable yeah there was he? no lamenting. Yeah, yeah, he was like, oh. yeah, he He's said like something the, like, they're, they're easy replaceable. come, easy go. Yes, exactly. Women, easy come, easy go. Oh, well, she's a, she's replaceable. Yeah. No, and then was, he shoots his butt. Man, I was just taking notes all. as he was talking. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. he didn't He'd, care at all. Yeah. yeah. He shot uh, the butler for no reason. Uh, but then we see Travis uh, sh- uh, setting up the crutch gun like a mortar or a <laughs> missile launcher. <laughs> it just keeps getting better. This, yeah. This crutch gun, I don't know why they didn't just keep and it. It's versatile. Those readings he took earlier... On the calculator? Yep. There's the radiation frequency of Salazar's pacemaker, which what? he inputs to the guidance system of this rocket. What? Which he launches and reaches Salazar, killing him in an explosion. <laughs> Into billions of pieces. Yes. Disintegrates him. But afterwards... Do pacemakers have radiation? Who knows? I don't remember. Maybe. Okay. But afterwards, everyone gathers at Edie's to for your for your post film wrap up. Because there's no Malibu Express. No. In this one. <laughs> well, I mean, there was, but not. Well, it got blown up. No, no it didn't. didn't. Oh yeah, you that's right. Keep thinking that it wasn't. I I Travis forget. I keep Malibu forgetting Express. that Donna and Taryn weren't on the Malibu Express. No, they're on some other boat. They, yeah. She she said she says at some point that the rental company is going to be pissed. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Sorry. Uh, so they you know they have their normal post film wrap up and for some reason. Taryn gets the painting, I guess. Because <laughs> she's still not an agent, even yeah, though she's on quote, mission. Unquote, not an agent. Yeah. Uh-huh. But did so you guys she... watch all the way through the credits? Yeah, no. I did. Yeah. I, I didn't. So, like again, like a Bond movie, Andy teased his next film. Oh, yes. yeah. Yes, which we was, did see that. Which he said was, in this movie at the end, was November Dawn. Yeah. Which, where's that? Uh, yeah, it's like... That's not the next film. The next film is Savage Beach, but yeah. it's like maybe he changed the name. Maybe he changed the name. Yeah. Was this just another film idea he hadn't scrapped? Man, I would love to know. I, I know. I kind of want to know. No commentary. No, he no didn't. Commentary. Didn't mention it. Wow, weird. Yeah, so it's like I maybe we should talk to Arlene about this. Yeah, that's a question to ask her. Yeah, but yeah, that was 1988's Picasso Trigger. Yeah. Oh, but now we got our normal little wrap up. 
our Sedaris metrics. All right. So I'll go first. As always, I have the Tit Tracker 10,000. <laughs> it's a different thousand every time. It is. <laughs> it's a more advanced version every time. You got to upgrade, Steve. Uh, I got you. Yeah. Tit Tracker 10,000. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, 17 minutes and 53 seconds. This is the longest of any of the films uh, we have done so far. Close to like all of them combined. <laughs> so, wow. So it, it, it takes a while, but... It gets there. It gets there. We needed some story yeah. before the boobies this time. Steve, you have the... I have the explosion meter. How many explosions were in this movie? Several. Nine. I counted nine explosions. Mm-hmm. Wow. Which is the most, so most the of the most ones so far. far. Is it? Yeah. yeah. We have the the flower boys in, a, in the car. Which yep. I, that's why I call, them, I call them the flower boys at the beginning. Um, then we have the boat. Um, Donna and uh, mm-hmm. Hope's boat. Uh, by RC Taren. plane, Donna and Taryn's boat. Taryn, sorry, and then the jeep uh, with the Lopez, the, mm-hmm. the groundskeeper, yeah. Uh, the boomerang grenade killing that killed Bruce Penn Hall, aka Hondo. We have the RC car into the house, exploding the house. Uh, spear gun explosion that kills um, Ortiz. Yep. Uh, the a rocket from the camera, boom. Doesn't kill anybody, but blows up the fort speared guy. I, yeah, I said it was a fort speared gun because it was different than the other ones. So I, I, I like, was called a trident, but I'm like that'd be that'd have three prongs. Yeah, it looks so like a hot dog fort, like a, like a quint, quintant. <laughs> yeah, I guess. so I don't know. quident. That one hit the hovercraft, blowing it to smithereens. And the last and most glorious one of the whole movie was the cr- the crutch mortar rocket honed to Picasso Trigger's pacemaker. <laughs> Exploding him into a million pieces. It was a beautiful. beautiful <laughs> that one is the best one. It is like, the what? best one because he's the look of shock on his face too. He's like because it's the same like, look. Huh? Of... <laughs> <laughs> it's the same look of shock on all our faces. <laughs> How does this even happen? How did this even happen? This, can you actually do this? <laughs> and yes, they can. Uh, and that's it. A four, a four prong trident is just called a fork. That's why I said a fork. Well, this one was a, a five prong one. I don't five? think. I don't oh. think it was. Four. Well, either way. Teresa, you have uh, the kill count. So we have the fake, the first fake Picasso Trigger who gets sniped by his butler at the museum. We have Lopez, the French hand in the Jeep via bomb. We have the two additional agents on the beach that were yellow laid and laid to rest. (laughs) Oh, yeah. The two agents that were blown up in the car, the flower men. Uh, you have two enemy agents on the boat in the lake. LG has to handle with Pantera. You have the three separate gang members at the Las Vegas club who are killed by Kim slash Patty Cakes slash John Brown. You have the, I call them the karate goons, the gorilla with the with the, the yellow hair, the weird white dude that's gigantic. Got and his eyes put out. Yeah, and then the other guy gets punched to death. Hondo via p- boomerang grenade. The white short goon with the remote control bomb. And then Taryn shoots him in the heart. The Hawaiian shirt goon with Taryn's gun because Taryn shoots him. Uh, Miguel Ortiz via harpoon gun. Pantera with a harpoon from Donna. The fake Salazar via the hot dog fork harpoon. That's what I'm going to call it. <laughs> the real Salazar via the laser guided crutch gun. And then number 20, which is the kickboxer dude who gets thrown out the window. Okay. That's 20. A little out of order, but okay. <laughs> I have the sensuous sex count. <laughs> sex. Twice. Only two? Two acts of coitus performed in this film, which is... Tied for the least. T- tied with the least with Hard Ticket to Hawaii. 
Mm. Little, little, you know, not, not as raunchy, but uh, I mean, you gotta make room for all those deaths and explosions. Yeah. Now, so. yeah. <laughs> I have the honor of the Andy Sedaris sightings in this film. There was one, he's back as Whitey, golfing against Jimmy John. Mm-hmm. Comedic brilliance ensues. Of course. And I'm sure Andy actually hit that putt. Oh, I'm sure he did. Yeah. <laughs> of course. I mean, yeah. Of course he did. Duh. Do you see I the butt wiggle? He had a pink ball, too. He did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> that butt wiggle was, was magic. There's no way he couldn't have gotten it. And then, Teresa, you have the uh, Sedaris players. Yeah, the alumnus for this episode, there are so many that it would yeah. probably be easier to describe who isn't. So <laughs> yeah. I just pick select ones, ones that are going to, you know, be in other movies. Rodrigo Obregon, who's in 10 of these. So this is just yet another. Just hold on to your pants. He's going to be in so many <laughs> more of them. Roberta Vasquez, who plays Pantera. And she is one of several actors that are going to get their start in these films as a bad guy and then be resurrected as a good guy later on. Gooch Kook, who was in Seven as Cowboy, and we've established during our discussion that is Cowboy is El Diaboline, same guy. Uh, Cynthia Brimhall, who plays Edie, she'll be in several more. Richard Lepore, who plays the professor, who was also the professor in Seven, but not in Hard Ticket. Although he was also in Hard Ticket. <laughs> Nicholas Giorgiotti, he's the older bad guy from the Las Vegas club. He was also in, I believe it was Seven and Stacy, but he was in some of the older ones yeah. either way. Uh, Rustin Brannaman, he's the guy with the frozen face. Wolf <laughs> Larson, who plays Jimmy John Jackson. Uh, John Brown. I don't even know his name in this movie. You just need to know. I don't think he had a name. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't need a name. Muscles. His name's John Brown. <laughs> Uh, Bruce Penhall, who, once again, similar to Roberta Vasquez, starts out as a bad guy in this movie as Hondo, later will return as the uh, another amazing Abilene. And also, fun fact, he rides a dirt bike in this one, as he will in most of the movies that he's in, because in real life, he was actually a motorcycle mm-hmm. racer. Uh, well, several years before this. I think he won championships yeah. in like 81 and 82. And he was on the last season of Chips. Yeah, Yep, and he played uh, played a character called Bruce yep. in Chips. And then Patty Duffick, who plays Patty Cakes in this one. She did not play Patty Cakes in Hard Ticket, but she will reprise her role in some future films. Kim and Patty Cakes are a, a, a dancing duo that you'll see multiple times. Now, this person... Hang on just a second. How many is that? That's 11, and that's not even everybody. Yeah. That's just what I could fit in. So the counterpart to Hondo is a guy, his name in this is Clayton. He was the Asian guy. His name in real life is Keith Cook. Um, he's actually a, a wushu like master, wushu, taekwondo, and karate master, which is funny because he doesn't actually get to do that at all in this movie. He was in several Cynthia Rothrock movies, China oh, O'Brien. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now um, we're talking. He was, he was the star of a movie called Heat Seeker, which I feel like I must search this, seek this out. Uh, he play- <laughs> I see what you did there. He played Reptile in Mortal Kombat. He played a character called Nobu in Beverly Hills Ninja. And he also reprised his role uh, in Mortal Kombat. Well, he didn't reprise his role, but he, he was in Annihilation and he oh. played Sub-Zero. Oh, that, oh, that, poor, that poor guy. <laughs> that poor bastard. And second Star Wars tie-in of the night. He played a Tuscan Raider in the Book of Boba Fett. I did see that. Yep. Yeah, that, I don't know. I thought that was pretty awesome that that he uh, had this like big martial arts career, and and he got used in this movie, and he didn't even get to throw he was a kick. Like a, yeah, a dumb henchman. Yeah, <laughs> he, was, he did have the pager. Pilot or whatever. Yeah. Our last little metric here before we rate this thing: Playboy Playmates or Pinhouse Pets. Ooh. How many were in this movie? 
Seven. Jeez. Uh, Liv Lindeland from January 1971. She's the professor's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. She actually Swedish? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Kim Malin from ni- May 1982. Donna Spear, March 84. Patty Tuffick, May 84. Roberta Vasquez, November 84. Hope Marie Carlton, July 85. And Cynthia Brimhall, October 85. Man. Man. Beautiful ladies. Uh, which is the most... Uh, by by a wide margin of any of the films we've watched. So now we get to rate Rating. this film. Steve, you have RC... Trucks. Trucks. I have the RC trucks, which there was an RC truck in this There's one. There's a car, but yeah. yeah. I guess it was kind uh, of a car. But I get the automobile. RC, RC land vehicle. Yeah. Yeah, automobiles. Yes. I actually really enjoyed this one. Uh, I forgot how much I liked it. Me too. Um, going Seeing it again, um, the first time I watched it, I was like, it's just been so long since we had watched it the first time. There's a lot going on in it, but there's so many explosions. There's so many people getting killed. Some really good effects, like when what's her face gets Pantera. The, yeah, Pantera gets the mm. the the spear through a chest. Yeah. It's actually a good effect. I was like, that was legit. <laughs> like and the rest that, of these movies aren't legit. Some of them are like, eh. <laughs> I know. Yeah, but like in that last kill with the guy getting exploded by the the crutch rocket. Like, <laughs> the crutch, I'm the giving crutch this rocket. one. 4.5 RC cars. Teresa, you have RC planes. I will second what Steve says. I'm also going to give it a four and a half. Um, I think I always get a little bit of, uh, I get a little starstruck when I watch hard tickets. So it's harder for me to appreciate this one for what it is. Uh, but it is fully, totally a solid Andy Sedaris movie. It's got everything that you might want out of an Andy Sedaris movie. It's got boobs. It's got sex. It's got a boatload of explosions. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got karate kicks. It's got ridiculousness. Mm-hmm. So what more could you ask for? I'm going to give it a four. Yeah, I, I, I have R.C. Boats, or Yacht, as <laughs> Andy would say. And he has said several times in the commentary. Uh, yeah, four, four out of five. Obviously, I can't give anything... A five because hard ticket has a five and that is you know the the pinnacle the pinnacle so nothing else can match it the, I, I really enjoyed it yeah but I'm a little a hair less than you guys i think because like there were parts where i'm just like i was kind of confused what was going on well i mean that's all of the movies really i mean more so than most of them i feel like because right. there are well kind of the same problem I, I feel like he wanted to redo seven but make it simpler mm-hmm but it's still that is still a lot of people to keep track of. Yeah. But other than that, I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching it. Yeah. Like the explosions are upped a little bit, the kills are upped a little bit. We're really starting to get into like his recurring cast of character or not made a character recurring stable of actors. Mm-hmm. Uh so it's like, you know, seeing all the familiar faces like Bruce Penhall and Roberta Vasquez in it now. So it's like we're getting more into like, you know, the 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 golden age of Sedaris films. Mm-hmm. So yeah, four four out of five for me. So next time you hear those the dulcet tones of your three hosts and the iconic theme tune of this show, we will be discussing the next film in the Bullets, Bombs and Babe series, Savage Beach. Ooh, it's so savage. The night of August 8th, a wildfire tore through the island of Maui. It has displaced thousands of residents, and the death toll is currently at 99, making this the most deadly fire in the United States since 1906. In light of this, and in respect for the people of Maui, where scenes from Picasso Trigger were filmed, we'd like to invite you to donate to the Maui Food Bank. 
With every dollar donated, the food bank can provide four meals to those affected by the wildfires. You can find more information at MauiFoodBank.org. Thanks for listening to Hard Ticket to Sedaris. Please be sure to check out our other projects at AOP Pod Network on Twitter. Where you can find a list of all of our other projects, such as We Effed Up, a history podcast taking a look at all the times in history where we effed up. And Imperfect Men, a Rexypod reading all of the founding fathers of the United States. You can also check out Attack of the Final Girls, a horror movie podcast through a feminist lens. And The Drunken Pawn. It's a YouTube channel where we play board games and drink craft beer. We'll see you next time on... Hot Ticket to Sedaris.